Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick, for his first preview of the season after selling himself last week. How are you uh, How are you feeling about picking some spreads, mate? I'm ready to go, and I do believe I'm one up this week. You are one up, and I actually, because I know you haven't looked at the document because you don't want to see the spreads, I actually put that I was one up because I watched the whole game last night and my brain left the game thinking the Eagles won by 13 and a half. And I've literally got the score up for us to talk about the game. And now I've realised they won by six. <laughs> <laughs> and I had minus six and a half. So, kids, that is why you don't gamble in real life. Because of uh, games like that where TJ Hockerson can score a meaningless touchdown to uh, lose you some money, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, you are one up. So, stop the count, as they say in some states. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Eagles win last night. Uh, we'll talk about that first and then we'll go on to picking all the games against the spread from the weekend but Eagles win 34-28 um, very very weird game mate uh, I don't did you watch stay up and watch it live or did you watch it this morning before? yeah well I got up early and uh, watched it this morning yeah it was a uh, it was a weird game so we had uh, Eagles only had 171 passing yards Vikings only had 28 rushing yards Vikings had 346 passing yards. Eagles finished with 259 rushing yards. Um, we had both teams going 100% on fourth down. We had six sacks allowed in the game, eight punts, nine penalties, four fumbles lost by the Vikings, one interception thrown by Jalen Hurts. Uh, it was probably one of the most sloppy games, weirdest games I've seen in a while. Very week one-esque, even though it's week two. But it's still quite entertaining, mate, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it was it was sloppy. I think that could be, you know, it did feel like week one again. It's only a kind of an extension, isn't it? You know, you've got a couple of days of practice in between that, the first Thursday night game. But so I, I thought there was some some quite high-level play from the Eagles offensive line in the run game and in the Vikings pass game, to be fair. But uh, put those two offences together and it was a, a complete <laughs> a complete offensive performance all around. But uh, yeah, as a fan, just happy to get out of there with a win, to be honest, and kind of have like 10, 11 days now before the Eagles play again on Monday Night Football. I think there's a lot of things need ironing out and uh, need some defensive starters back as well. So, Who's uh, that game against without me looking? <clears throat> the Bucks. Okay. So that's that's quite a nice Monday night game. Why does yours have such a nice schedule? So <laughs> <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah, it was sloppy. But like you said, the Eagles run game is great. I thought um, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata looked really good. Uh, Lane Johnson also did exactly the same as John Taylor did all game last week. And I didn't hear one comment about it. So uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, some of the play was crazy sloppy. The tur- The fumbles again. Like, to have four fumbles and lose four is bad. I can't remember how many of them were on Kirk Cousins. Was it three or two? I can't remember. Yeah, a couple on Cousins, yeah. Yeah, two on Cousins. Um, obviously, one on the pump return, which the guy got back to that midfield, which completely sucks. That was a really good return, actually. Uh, and then one by Justin Jefferson through the uh, through the end zone. What are your, uh, your views? We probably have spoke about this in the last three years, but what are your views on that through the end zone rule? Because um, I was listening to The Athletic, podcast with Mays after the game and they were saying or he was saying more than Nate that uh, he understands why the punishment should be worse but it's so much worse than any punishment for any other thing it just like almost rewards the defense even though like sometimes they don't actually even like recover the ball they don't do anything Um, so his view was like you lose like it's the next down so if it's second down it's then third down but third down from the 20 so instead of being like first and goal from the one you'd then be second and goal from the 20 um, so it still really does hurt your chances, but it doesn't just completely give the ball back to the defense. Um, yeah, it is. It is like an overcharged uh, penalty, isn't it? I mean, obviously, as it, when it goes in your favour, it's absolutely incredible. Well, when it has gone in, gone against like the Eagles in the past, it is like absolutely soul crushing, isn't it? I don't know what the perfect scenario is. Is it just kind of like a loss of down? And then you kind of go again from where the ball was. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one. It, it was a strange play overall because it was quite contentious whether he actually had uh, possession, wasn't it? Because he, he didn't have the ball for that long before it kind of went no. tumbling. But, uh, yeah, it's just, 
I, I don't know where really where I stand. I'd like to hear better solutions. I think I don't know whether just a loss of down um, kind of would do that. I'm not I'm not a fan of putting the ball at a specific line when that happens. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd much rather prefer it go back to the original line of scrimmage, maybe. But yeah, it's. It's an unfortunate thing that does happen, you know, a handful of times a season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen many. It all seems to happen to like your team, like this is what your brain feels like in the most like important games um, or big moments. And then when it happens to you, even though it feels nice and you're like, oh, sweet, we've got the ball back. It all happens in like your scenario, like week two, <laughs> where it's like, okay, we probably would have won anyway, but it's nice to get the ball back. <laughs> but yeah, I think... I just don't think I just don't know when they're ever going to change that rule. It's been a long, long standing rule, hasn't it, in the uh, in the NFL? Um, any kind of major negative takeaways from from each team? Uh, I was just going to mention obviously the Vikings' offensive line and defensive line, but I think that was more them just trying to try crazy things on defense. But the offensive line had injuries, so it's no shock. But it's just to highlight that. The other guys who start on the offensive line that were healthy last night just aren't good enough because, uh, unfortunately, they just got absolutely killed and Kirk Cousins got killed. And for me, from the Eagles, it's just to worry about the pass game. I don't know if it's the play caller. I don't know if it's Hurts' regression. It's definitely not the offensive line. It's definitely not Devonta Smith. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but the pass game in the first two games just looked pretty bad, especially compared to that like, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, that would be my takeaway from each team. What, what would yours be? Uh, if I'm thinking like just from a fan's perspective, you would hope that that's just bedding in, you know, no starters really played at all during pre-season and bedding in a new offensive coordinate. That's what I would hope. Obviously, the deep ball came back twice with Devonta Smith last night. AJ Brown was not involved really at all. I mean, he was kicking off on the sidelines as well. But yeah, I thought Jalen Hurts handled that situation really well, actually. But uh, in the first game, it was Goddard that was kind of frozen out completely with only one target. And yeah, it's just it's just not meshing overall. Don't want to get too focused on the run game. And and the, the new coordinator, Brian Johnson, he needs to stop calling so many QB draws with Hurts. I mean, it has to evolve eventually because you know, teams are kind of are really expecting that now. So... Um, yeah, apart from that, it would be the middle of the field for Philadelphia is not in a good situation at the moment. I, I'm, I'm half expecting a kind of a, a mid-round pick trade for a safety, for a second, third-year safety from somewhere. I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened in the next kind of month or so. But yeah, the middle of the field is not good. But I'm expecting the offence to get better, to be honest. The, 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 the schedule is quite kind early in the season before it gets to the middle when the run is like ridiculous. So I feel like the kinks can be worked out by then, hopefully. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts that feature Benjamin Solak as an Eagles fan. He says the uh, he thought the defence was going to be incredible this year, but after two games, he's like, Nah, like with these linebackers and safeties, good teams will find ways to, even if the line's good, good teams will find ways to pick on people in the middle of the field. And I think that's a, similar to what, what you've said, isn't it? And I just think it's easier to find a safety for a third or fourth round pick than it is to find a linebacker that's worth trading a yeah, third yeah. or fourth round pick. Um, final takeaway on the Vikings is it's just bad luck. They had so many injuries because obviously the pass game looked good, but then they had massive turnover issues and the defense run game was obviously awful but it felt like that was deliberate because they were just trying to blitz all game any any big takeaways from them or was it more just a health thing because obviously they're 0-2 now uh, and going to fall back in the division early on so what I find interesting actually what I thought about uh, the first thing really when I thought about the Vikings this morning was last season what were I can't remember the exact stat but what were the in one score games it was something like 12 and 1 I think like it was that. eleven and one, yeah. Yeah, and now it's zero and two. Obviously, this is the the variance that can happen to to go eleven and one in one score games is it's not something that you can sustain, Ooh. is it? No. So I feel like this is kind of like regressing back to kind of the mean. I would expect them still. I I still like them to win the division. I think the the, the passing game, look, I mean the line is is not good, but. Um, the passing game is good enough. Has got has got uh, incredible weapons. Let's be honest, because Addison looks real good as well. So I, w- I would expect them to t- still challenge for the division, definitely. But Owen two is 
not a perfect start. And I believe they've got a tough game next week. Oh, yeah, they're at home to the Chargers in week three. So that is a that's a really important game. Yeah, feels like 0-3 there. You could still get in the playoffs in the NFC at 0-3, but you'd probably have to go nuts. It's not even the fact it's just the Chargers. In the next three games, uh, they play Chargers, Panthers, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, so... So, like, you almost have to beat... I don't want to... Not just to pick up the Chiefs, but you almost have to beat the Chargers at home just so you don't need to play Patrick Mahomes and have to win. Because it's a weird position to say, like, right, it's week six, boys. We've got Patrick Mahomes at home. We have to beat him or else our season's over. It's like, oh, cheers. Like, that's not a position I don't think that um, Coach Kevin O'Connell will want to be in, is it? I don't think. No, not at all. They're uh, seven to one as well at the moment to win the division. They were, they were way shorter than that. I think nine to four before the season. Now they're all the way out seven to one. Same odds as the Bears, ironically. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to Justin Jefferson, I think, because he broke. Another crazy NFL record for yards to start a season as well last night. I just thought he was uh, he was insanely good. Some of those catches against Slay, who is, a, as you know, mate, is a very good corner, isn't he? I thought that we all know Justin Jefferson's good, but I thought last night's highlighted it in a night where they were having to get the ball out quite quick because of the line. I thought he looked great, to be fair. Yeah, I thought um, Slay, uh, he was punished last night because in this same game last season, he held Justin Jefferson to seven yards. So uh, <laughs> I was the feeling that that might come back to bite him. And yeah, he went off last night, didn't he? That's just the talent level, isn't it? Just, yeah, insane talent level. He looked real sad on the bench as well after <laughs> the loss was... Uh, yeah, he did. That's a perhaps an interesting situation to watch down the line, isn't it? For, I would trade two first round picks for Justin Jefferson. I wouldn't even think about it if I was the Chiefs. I just yeah, or a team like that, you know, a team that's out to win it all, like maybe a Cowboys or Oh my god, don't say that. That's te- that's horrible. <laughs> anyone like that, anyone who's good, um, who hasn't got loads of weapons, um, I'd I'd love someone to trade for him. But yeah. We'll see. Feels like they're going to pay him like $30 million a year, don't they? But we'll see. Yeah. On to Sunday then. Um, where else but to start in the 6 p.m. Sky Sports game? Jags at Chiefs. Chiefs coming off a loss are still three and a half point <laughs> favourites on the road against the playoff team. That shows you the, the power of uh, Apache Mahomes. I think as well this is the highest points total of the week. Um, points total is 51 and a half. So uh, yeah, Chiefs were the highest point total last week. Obviously, went under, and they are the highest again. That's they're actually the highest by like six points, four points as well. So, um, I let you start, mate. Um, in terms of just breaking down the game, what what are your kind of main things you're looking out for? Like, if you sat like, okay, what do we need to watch to see who's going to win this game? What would it be on both sides? It would for me. You got to start with um, <laughs> uncharacteristic Chiefs offense. In that first game, I think uh, you've got to look at getting more out of it. Kelsey's going to be back, isn't he, this week, it looks like. Yeah, Kelsey and Chris Jones will play, it looks like, yeah. Yeah, Chris Jones definitely going to play. Yeah, you need more. I mean, the ball was spread around ridiculously. It's something like 12 players caught, I think 11, I think it was, caught a ball, and not including Sky Moore. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think just... The addition of Kelsey is going to be huge, obviously, because I think that's going to free up. It will free up someone at least to be kind of bell cow. I don't think you can kind of go through the the Chiefs are not going to go through the season spreading the ball around like that, but only your top receiver having two, two for forty eight. You know what I mean? Just things like that. The run game was poor. It just you don't want Mahomes being your top rusher. I think just getting Kelsey back and then opening up the field elsewhere and plus you get that I mean the probably the best connection still in the NFL get that back for me if that hums I would expect that to look better this week and then yeah feels a trap game for the Jags mate to be honest because I think um, expectations are higher than ever in in Jacksonville this must be the highest expectation they've ever had as a franchise to be honest yeah. so yeah feels a bit of a trap game for, for Jacksonville who I didn't think were great last week no there's a lot of talk about how good they were last week and I was like we forget this was against the Colts yeah. <laughs> and a rookie and a rookie as well who actually I thought played pretty well to be fair to him um, for his level and with, with how much they let him pass the ball but 
Um, yeah, the Jags defense, what the Colts score, 21 points, it felt like. And I think they had a fumble as well from the 30-yard line, the Jags. So, in, call it 24. They should have got at least 24, and that's the Colts. So, I don't want to sit here and say the Chiefs should get loads and the Chiefs finish with 17 and look like a knob. But um, <laughs> it feels like they should score a lot more on uh, a lot more on offense as well. From a Jags perspective, one thing I'm looking out for is what's the game plan? Obviously, Travis Etienne got a lot of touches last week. Um, Tank Bigsby got a couple of touches in the oh, red zone. Oh, my God. He was uh, calamitous at times. Yeah, really. but he wasn't good. So, does Etienne get even more? Is he going to be like the true focal point? Um I'd be interested to see how that shakes out from an offensive perspective because Trevor might want to just throw it to Calvin and, and well, Zay Jones actually got more a lot more targets than I thought and uh, Christian Kirk, obviously. But Or will they say, right, we can run the ball, the Lions ran the ball quite well in the second half against the Chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones obviously can rush the passer a lot, so do we run it more? be interesting just to see what the style is. I don't know if you remember, but they started the game with like an onside kick in the playoffs as well. Um, yeah, they did. So, yeah. so Doug Peterson was a bit of a beast from a point for three, fourth downs in the first half as well. So will they be aggressive like that or because it's week two, different teams, obviously, to how they ended last year, they're at home. Will they be a bit more conservative? I think that's... I, I would imagine a bit more conservative, but they're going to need to be better than um, three for 12 on third down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. I feel like chief safeties might help them a little bit get better at uh, get better at third down. We'll see. Um, what's your view on on this? So one of the things I listened to this week on some national shows was obviously the Chiefs made a big thing about having seven wide receivers. They love all seven. They didn't want to cut one. They actually made all seven active for the game. Do you think there's an argument when you look at like how much they are spreading it around that you don't really let one or two players get in like? A rhythm to be your main guys if you spread it around too much like is this a game already in week two where they need to be kind of just saying right you three or four are guys we've got to have a couple of plays for the others but that's it we're not we're not sharing it around as much or do you think it needs a couple more weeks just to flesh through who those number one two three really should be i mean for me i mean you you're keeping all those guys on the roster you should know kind of your own depth chart shouldn't you and what each receiver is capable of and you should know kind of one through seven who you guys are in five six seven have probably got specific plays designed for them i don't know it it's not a strategy that i would like uh, I, i'm presuming you've seen it but obviously i haven't seen kind of like the snap count but from the last game i would like to to see that but uh, for me that's not a not a valid uh, strategy like season long to be kind of guessing what you you don't want to be guessing and end up with a three and two or two and two two and three record after five games because you haven't kind of got into a rhythm with your wide receivers so yeah for me no well obviously your wide receiver one is Travis Kelsey isn't it so you're getting him back this week and maybe that will kind of fall into order yeah, there, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Interesting scenario, really. It's not it's not one that you'd kind of used to seeing, is it? No, no, it's not. Because <laughs> I think this is the scenario everyone thought would happen last year. You know, and the Chiefs just came out and just killed people straight away on offense. I think this year maybe it's proven to be what people thought it was going to be last year. But Kadarius Tony's definitely their wide receiver one, like for their eyes, because they obviously trust. They call Travis Kelsey tight end one, but. Um, they spoke about him all week. They bigged him up. They put him on the podium twice. Um, Andy Reid was having a whole like 10 minutes in a press conference talking about how open he is. Patrick really trusts him. It feels like this is going to be a massive Andy Reid, Kadarius, Tony game. You know, where maybe sometime the stats after this game are going to be like, Tony's back. And maybe when you watch the tape, you're like, wow, Andy Reid and Mahomes just got him great open looks. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like, this is a game where they're going to give Tony a lot of chances just to get his confidence back up. Um, but yeah, to answer your question on snap counts, Sky Moore played the most out of anyone uh, by a considerable margin compared to most of the team. MVS second, um, and then third was Justin Watson, fourth was Richie James. And in the first half, Rasheed Rice was number three. Uh, and in the second half, they barely played him, even though he didn't drop a, he only dropped one catch, had a touchdown, had a nice play on third down, and they didn't play him until in the second half. So I think the Chiefs don't really know their own order. So I think that would be an interesting game. But um, I feel like when Patrick Mahomes loses a game like last week, I wouldn't want to be the team that plays him <laughs> in the next week. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And Trevor Lawrence also played pretty well in the second half last week. So I think both offences will 
all look pretty good. Um, I said last year I should just pick against the Chiefs every week. A, as like a hedge, and B, because they don't cover the spread. They win a lot of games, but they never cover the spread. And I've already broken the rule on week one and week two, because I'm picking the Chiefs minus three and a half. Yeah, minus three and a half. I'll go the Chiefs as well. I like them by a touchdown, I think. I'm not sure on the Jags yet. We'll see. I think the defence might get killed for the Jags this week. <laughs> that might be me being optimistic, but... Hey, Travis Kelsey's got to impress Taylor Swift now. According to all the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. According to all rumours, so it could be 150 yards, three touchdowns coming from him. Um, next game on the list, then for me, one of the best games of the day: Packers at the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are at home and they are favoured by one and a half. So Ooh. the bookies are saying the Packers are slightly better there from their perspective. Obviously, quite even though. Don't really want to call it. Don't want to hang too much up on it. For me, kind of keys for this game is will Jordan Love play like he did last week again. He wasn't lights out, but did really well under pressure. I thought Matt LaFleur called a great game. The run game looks really good at times. The screen game looked really good at times. Or will he have a couple of bad plays and that results in maybe a little bit of regression? Um, I'm quite high on him. I watched him play two preseason games. Um, obviously watched him play this game. I've seen him play the Chiefs last year. Um, I'm actually quite high on him, mate. So I think he'll be good. And from a Falcons perspective, can we actually get carpets and Drake London involved? Because otherwise, what is the point? You may as well just take in a QB in the top 10 of both those drafts and try to find a guy rather than doing this. Oh, yeah, we've got loads of great weapons, but yeah, we never throw to them. So, yeah, um, that's my keys to the game. What are your thoughts on on this one? Yeah, I mean, just going back to what you said there, I mean, it's kind of the opposite way of how you build a team, isn't it? If you, you, know, you decide to spend the top 10 picks on what you think is going to be elite weapons, and then you have a guy that you clearly do not trust to throw them the ball. And that is, yeah, for me, that is a big worry. 115 yards last week, Redder on 18 attempts. It was clear for me that they don't trust him to throw the ball kind of anywhere except for, you know, anything over seven Seven eight yards is like a like a big pass for Ridder, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, it's a little bit mad. So moving over to the Packers, I thought uh, I think Jordan Love's going to be in for a tougher game this week because actually uh, the Falcons' defense might be a little bit better than maybe a thought. So I know it was only the Panthers and it was Bryce Young's first ever NFL start, but I thought the secondary looked good last week, and I thought the middle of the field looked quite tough as well for. Um, Got a couple of picks over the middle of the field, the Falcons, so I quite like them there. But uh, yeah, Jordan Love, what can you say about that last week? That was, I mean, we didn't really touch on the Packers and Bears much in the uh, review shit, did we? But that was a faultless, really, performance, wasn't it? 24-37. Oh, no, it's not 24-37, sorry. It was 15-27, three touchdowns, 245 yards. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not an high percentage, but, you know, he wasn't just kind of, Dinking and dunking as well. So I feel like Love is missing maybe a number one guy. I think his connection with Luke Musgrave is going to be quite important for them. But for the weapons he's got, yeah, I thought he looked really, really good, actually. And and the defence as well, I think, is... Like we said in the um, NFC North preview pod, is on paper is great. It looked good last week. It looked good. It really helped, really contained fields and kind of made him kind of get into that kind of throwing on the run or you know stepping up in the pocket we are which he he really struggles to do so yeah yeah a really interesting game this week actually this is this is definitely one of the games of the week isn't it very intriguing yeah two good uniforms as well for the for game pass as well i have to say um I would say what we the thing we did say about the Packers defense was they were they looked bad against the run last year they didn't look great against the run at times in the first half last week. Second half, it was a bit of a disaster for the Bears. Um, and we know the Falcons are going to run the ball non-stop. So I will be interested to see how the defence looks when the team tries to run it from the start. I know the Bears did run it quite a bit as well. But, you know, if the Packers don't get that early lead and the Falcons do get to run the ball more and they're running it with Bijan, they're running it with Algier, they're running it with this offensive line that's much better than the, than the Bears. Um, I just wonder how the Packers' defence will look. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but I do think Jordan Love will be able to pick it up, pick off some some passes here. I don't think the linebackers are great. If they get Luke on the Falcons, if they get Luke Musgrave on a few linebackers. I think 
you could see a big day for the tight end because he had good numbers last week, but he dropped two long passes, like we said. So um, I think he he could easily be a big vocal point in this game. So yeah, it should be fun. Um, we'll take it in terms of the picks. So I picked first last time. Who are you picking in this one? Spreads Falcons minus one and a half. Give me the Packers. I think uh, uh, Packers go on the road win this game. Hype around Jordan Love would be unbelievable. I think Bears fans would be crying. I think if Packers go two and zero. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm a believer in the Packers. Um, I think the Falcons win the division though, so maybe I should want the Falcons to win. But um, yeah, I just think Packers looked good last week, and I think Matt Lafleur could be a top 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 coach in the NFL. That I think people maybe gave Rogers too much of the credit he deserved a lot of credit but maybe gave him too much I think the floor looked good last week um next game then biggest well joint biggest spread of the week raiders at bills bills are favored at home by eight and a half points Ooh. it's a large spread uh jimmy g looked really good last week at times um josh jacobs didn't run it very efficiently in the first half but did have a, a nice run in the second half that helped his averages josh allen had an absolute disaster of a game um Kind of looked like old Josh Allen. Uh, he actually looked a bit like this last year as well. But um, eight and a half, mate. Do you think that spreads too little, too much, or just about right? What would you have guessed it would be? I wouldn't have gone that high, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think um, Vegas is still higher on the books than than we are in the betting terms. I don't mean the Las Vegas Raiders, by the way. But uh, yeah, we we didn't touch on the Broncos Raiders game at all, did we? Um, on the review pod. I was quite impressed by the Raiders. I know I like the Raiders. You know what you're going to say. I get sucked in by the uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, for, for, for kind of what they are, where we expect them to be perhaps at the bottom of the division, and I thought they were good. Eh? Jimmy G, 20-26 for 200 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That, for me, is a proper Jimmy G stat line. That is the best you're going to get out of him. And if you're using those plays efficiently I think they can do quite well you, you've got to have the running game better you can't have Josh Jacobs running for two and a half yards average on almost 20 carries, that is not sustainable because the only because then Zamir White behind him only had one touch, so it's like after you, you, you've got to get more efficiency out of uh, Jacobs this week, especially on the running on the Bills, I think the Bills are quite susceptible to that uh, to that uh, thing. I didn't realise that Josh Jacobs had changed his number to number eight, by the way. Yeah, it's his Alabama number, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, that's the fact. He's going off this week, mate. Now I've seen that, he is going to go off. <laughs> but <sighs> going back now, flipping it over to the Buffalo Bills, everyone's kind of darlings 12 months ago, weren't they? I don't know whether that kind of mantra is slipping now or I don't know whether I'm too biased for recency of the playoff loss where they looked terrible and last week where they were shackled really weren't they and Josh Allen looked awful at times so yeah I don't know what to make of Josh Allen to be honest with you um I liked it I had Oh, I heard a good um, comment on a podcast. Remember that Bills Chiefs game where it was like like the whole world just went nuclear and there's a touchdown every two minutes. Yeah. Someone said that it feels like Josh Allen is just stuck in that game. So like he just drops back and his brain's like two minutes left against the Chiefs and he just chucks it <laughs> a million miles an hour or a million yards down the field. And I listened to that podcast and I laughed and I was like, you know what? That's obviously not what it is, but it actually sounds like like mentally that's what's going on in his head because. He is so boom or bust. And I was listening to a pod where they were talking about like just naming some of the things he did. So it's third and 16. He got about five yards on a QB draw. And he was fighting the linebacker to get one extra yard. And he was still 10 yards short. And like the commentators are just like, Josh, give up. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop. You're going to get hurt. Then he tried to hurdle a guy and land on his head. I know we spoke about that on the, the, the pod before. He had another one where he got the first down easily and he could have just slide. And doesn't he just dives into the middle of a safety? Yeah, I feel like he's all over the place. But is the Raiders' defense enough to stop to stop that happening? Like, yeah, we could get a few boneheaded plays, but against a defense like this, are, are we not more likely to see at least three or four of those bombs kind of work down the field and make it tough on the Raiders' offense to come back? No, I would. I would imagine that to be true. I'm expecting Buffalo to take care of this at home. Definitely. Um, 
I just kind of like the efficiency last week of the passing game for the Raiders could keep them close as far as the spread goes. It is quite a large spread for early in the season, and I'm trying to play it more cautious this year in kind of the spreads. But, yeah, it's always the big spreads that kind of get me, but I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, I... uh... I mentioned this on the uh, Full Ten Yards Betting podcast. There's a couple of big spreads, uh, and I've gone, I've, I've gone with the underdog in a couple of them. Uh, so I have gone Raiders plus eight and a half. I think the Bills win maybe by a touchdown, maybe by six. Raiders score a late score to make it look a bit more respectable. Um, but I just think yeah, there will be a couple of turnovers from or potential turnovers from Josh Allen that keep the Raiders in it. I would like to know for sure if Devontae Adams is playing. Uh, obviously, he's injured, but. He plays a lot through injury. So if you could tell me now he was playing, I'd love the eight and a half, but I'm a bit worried if he doesn't play about what the offense is going to look like. Because I do think you can score some points on the Bills defense if you're, if you're like you said, organized and don't make mistakes and do the right things, which I think the offense might do for the Raiders. But yeah, I'll say eight and a half and hope that he plays. Um, and by the way, stat that jumped out to me last week, Jimmy G had nine carries for 11 yards. <laughs> I don't know why he had nine carries to begin with, and it's just hilarious that it was for 11 yards. So I would like to see no Jimmy G carries this week, please, for me to win my bet. But yeah, I've gone Raiders. What are you going for? It's not that on the end. Yeah, I'm going the Raiders as well. I anticipate this bet a Buffalo win, but uh, yeah, I like what I saw. Like you said, it's got to be, Devontae's got to be there, Annie, but uh, going the Raiders plus eight and a half. Nice. Uh, that's three in a row we match on. And I don't think we're going to disagree on this one. We have the Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals are favoured at home by 3.5. So more than a field goal. Um, We spoke about it in the review show about how bad Joe Burrow was. Um, I know he mentioned straight after the game that he wants to play more in (laughs) preseason. So so he maybe kind of realised that uh, he was rusty. Um, The Ravens also didn't look great, though. They had a lot of injuries again. Left tackle left the game, starting running backs out for the season. One of the cornerbacks left the game. I think they're missing one of their defensive tackles. So it is a strange game, but I was quite surprised, mate, when I saw that they gave them the full three and a half because the Bengals didn't look great. They couldn't defend the run, which I know the Ravens are going to pass it more, but if Lamar Jackson drops back on a third and 10 and he sees space, I think in a big game like this, not against the Texans, he will take off and run more than he did last week. So for me... I thought the line would be about two and a half, three. So I am surprised to see three and a half because I think that's the bookies maybe overestimating the Bengals or underestimating the Ravens. Because I don't think either team was great last week, but the Ravens still managed to put up points. Yeah, they did. The second half was better for, for Baltimore last week. The first half was not good. I mean, Lamar, um, not great at all. Some of the passes, he, even though he was very kind of efficient, but uh, the passing game didn't look not good at all. But uh, one thing I would say about the Ravens' offense is flashing back to our prediction pod. And I said, Zay Flowers, offensive rookie of the year. He looked good last week. <laughs> I was like, every time he touched the ball, I was like, yes, go on. Stretch for the yard after the catch there. But I thought he looked good. And yeah, Odell obviously trying to work, working him into the uh, to the passing game. But overall, mate, this is a, this is a big game for week two of the... Not so much, obviously, you know, in the state, Bengals don't want to go 0-2. I just I just feel like the psyche of the AFC is just, the AFC is so deep that you you can't really be dropping 0-2. This is a just a wonderful game, isn't it, to, to be on the 6pm slate, by the way, is absolutely incredible, isn't it, this week? So um... Yeah, they, uh, they definitely made the 9pm slate worse because there's one game they thought was going to be very, very good, but unfortunately, after yeah. an injury, it's not. But yeah, you're right. The 6 p.m. slate is is fun. And this game's really fun. These, these games always play. Um, these teams sort of play always play high scoring games normally, as well. Um, the Ravens and Bengals. I do think the Ravens' defense. I think the scheme's good, but I think the players are worse than it has been the last two years. So I do think the Bengals' offense will probably get right and have some big plays. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball like they did as much on the Browns last week. But I think the passing game should definitely get better. Um, but I think Odell Beckham will look better this week. I think Lamar another week in the system will look better. I'm a bit worried about the offensive line, obviously, if Ronnie Stanley doesn't play left tackle. But, um, yeah, I think knowing what we're like, what you're like with Lamar, what I'm like with the Ravens and the Bengals and Odell Beckham, I think we're going to have the same pick here. But, um, yeah, I'm picking Ravens plus three and a half. 
Yeah, same same with me. I think you could see that one coming. Kind of like Baltimore to win this game, but yeah, it's going to be a close, close game. I'd like to see, obviously the um, passing game wasn't great at all for Baltimore last week, but I'd like to see a bit more ground and pound and a bit more efficiency from the running game. I think if they get that going against the Bengals' defence, that is susceptible to it. And yeah, I like them. I like them in this game. It'll be a great game. Could be Gus Bus's day to be an RB1. We'll see. It would be crazy if the Bengals and Chiefs go 0 2 after last year. It would be yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely nuts. And obviously the Bills could go 0 2 as well, but I think that's obviously a lot less likely. Um, quick game then for the next one. So Colts at Texans. Obviously, this is a draft battle uh, between Anthony Richardson and, Richardson and CJ Stroud. The Texans are at home and they're favoured by one and a half. So not even the full two points, just, yeah, one and a half. Um, I think C.J. Stroud played quite well last week, actually, when I went back and looked at it. I think the Ravens got a little bit lucky on a couple of uh, key drops from the from the Texans. Um, I think Anthony Richardson played better than I thought as well, um, but obviously did get hurt towards the end of the season. I think, I know I, I did say the Texans, yeah, I'm going to have to go with this. I said the Texans were finished third in the division, so I can't have the Colts beating them, even though I'm now sat here being like, I think the Colts might win. <laughs> I'm just going to pick the Texans minus 1.5 to uh, keep up my preseason predictions, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go uh, the opposite way. I'm going to go Colts. I think uh, this is a, I like the way that the schedule's worked out here with both guys going for their first NFL wins, which is not our, oh, not that easy to come by when you come into the league and you get plonked on two rosters that are the way they are. You know, this ain't a, some kind of uh, Brock Purdy situation, is it, where you're coming into a stacked team. These guys are coming into two of the top bottom six teams in the league, guaranteed. That's why they're there. So, yeah, um, give me give me, give me, me the Colts. I liked. I thought both guys were good last week. Stroud was better than I thought he was going to be, especially against Baltimore. But something about Richardson, I kind of like kind of make him feel like he can make that extra play in this game. So, yeah, give me the Colts. Richardson's your new Lamar Jackson for your heart. I, I hope so, because, you know, the, the league needs kind of exciting players like that, don't they? In the NFC it does. Stay away from the AFC. <laughs> um, next game, then, that we can quickly touch on is not a great game. Here's the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Baker um, going 2-0, and oh, mate, maybe. Exactly. And the bookies reflect that. The game was a basically minus, I think, one um, before week one. But it's now Bucks minus 2.5, so nearly the full three. Uh, so obviously the bookies slightly impressed by their performance against the Vikings. I think the Bears looked pretty tragic. It might be the worst defensive line, offensive line combination in the NFL, which is never good. And me and you spoke about it on uh, yesterday, that it looked like Justin Fields had regressed in terms of maybe not the passing, because I don't think he had, sometimes he didn't even have a chance to pass. It's more the pocket presence. Um, I think that he looked worse. Uh, but I just can't take Baker Mayfield. So I am going to take the Bears plus 2.5 and kind of grip my teeth and hope that Justin Fields has two like 60-yard runs to win the game. But um, last time these two teams played, the, the Bucks won by like 30 points because the defense absolutely killed them. But I'm just going to say I think the offensive for the Bears is a little bit better than it was. I think the Bucks more like to throw picks with uh, Baker Mayfield than they were with Tom Brady. So I'm going to go for Bears plus two and a half and probably regret this on the Sunday. I'm definitely going the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> definitely going um, the Bucks. I'm rolling it back from to his Oklahoma days with Baker Mayfield. I absolutely love, I don't know why I was like so invested last week that he was going to win this game, but I thought it was a great win on the road last week. Given the Bucks, I think the defense is. As we spoke about in that division preview, it looked really good at times. I mean, saw last um, kind of last night what uh, Kirk was shredded the Eagles at times. So uh, obviously it got a lot of yardage last week, but just felt like they were they were stiff when they needed to be. And I like the talent on the defense, and I just I think that's enough to stifle uh, the Bears. So yeah, give me the books. 2-0. Oh. There can't be two 2-0 two oh teams on Monday Night Football against the Eagles. The ratings will be through the roof. Bucks won't, be two, won't, be, won't have a zero for long after, after that game. But, uh, yeah, that's two differences back-to-back, and I've gone for Texans and Bears. So, <laughs> you, Nicky, you sound like me. 
I think I'm being cute here, but we'll see. Um, two more games in the 6pm slate then. So Seahawks at the Lions. Um, strange week for the Seahawks. Both tackles got injured. I'm not sure if they're going to play. Jason Peters, a 41-year-old left tackle, is off the practice squad, ready to play in this game. Uh, hasn't hasn't been in pads since January, he said, on uh, an interview this week, and he might be a starting tackle for, for this game. Lions are coming off a crazy win, obviously, against the Chiefs, where they win by a point and one of the biggest wins in a while. Um, do you want to guess the spread before I tell you? What do you think it is? Um, obviously, two teams I think everyone fancied in the off-season that had very different week ones. It's in Detroit, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah. Plus four point five. Oh, you got it right. Oh, did I? Yeah, you're getting good at this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bad, too bad, bad influence on you. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this one? Obviously, four and a half over the field goal. Seahawks couldn't look much worse. I don't even think the Lions looked great, but obviously it's a great win. Um, yeah, what are your your takeaways? Cause I think this is a weird game to be honest. Yeah, do you know what? If the tackles weren't injured and they were getting Jason Peters uh, off, off the street onto the uh, field at 41, I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely jump on that plus four and a half for the Seahawks because surely they cannot be as bad as last week. They've got, they've got talent and offence in the passing game and the running game. So, but yeah, yeah, this is a strange game, isn't it? The, I feel like the Detroit going 2-0 and here is going to get a lot of kind of hype going forward. I think they looked... Okay, they weren't so efficient. I mean, I think they do well to get Jimmy Gibbs involved a little bit more. He looked uh, kind of a spark plug when he, he got the ball. There was a lot of David Montgomery, wasn't there, against the Chiefs? But, uh, yeah, I can see this being kind of a, on the lower side of scoring. You're going to have to give me Seattle, I think, at plus 4.5. I, I'm, I'm, you know me, how I feel about the Detroit. They've not proven anything to me yet, even though they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. So, <laughs> Yeah, whether it's just pettiness for week one or not, I've also picked the Seahawks plus 4.5. Um, <laughs> then the offence, even without the tackles, will still look better down the field than it did last week. Last week was a disaster. Um, run game should hopefully be used a bit more in the second half if they're not down as many points as they were to the Rams. Uh, and I think the Seahawks' defence is what I want to see turn up because they did not look good in week one. And I think they're good on paper. So I think they really want to uh, really want to turn up and see if they can uh, if they can deliver. But yeah, I'll go plus, plus four and a half. Last time these two teams played last year, there was over 80 points in the game, by the way. It was one of the highest scoring games of the season last year. Uh, I don't think there'll be 80 points this weekend <laughs> somehow. Um, but hopefully there is. There'll be a fun red zone game if there is. Uh, last game in the 6pm slate then, the Chargers at the Titans. Chargers favoured on the road by two and a half points. This feels like a very, very large trap game for the Los Angeles Chargers. Don't you think with how good they can run the ball in Tennessee and how bad the Chargers run defence has been for the last two years? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, the, if you get Ryan Tannehill to just be... Slightly better than he was last week, which was terrible. Um, than the yeah, this is a, a big game now for the Chargers. Obviously, having lost to a fellow kind of AFC contender and kind of looking the same woes kind of there that have followed him the last couple of years. It's uh, yeah, it feels a pivotal game because uh, Tennessee looked okay at times doing kind of what they did. I thought the defense looked good. Yeah, Tannehill uh, looks bad, didn't he? Yeah, really bad. And that is uh, going to be an issue going forward, I think. Um, not sure how long he's going to kind of be there as the number one. But, uh, yeah, real interesting game, this. That spread has kind of... So, by the way, Taji, uh, Taji Spears actually outsnapped Derek Henry last week, which is weird. That is another weird anomaly from week one. He finished with like six or seven more snaps than... Derek Henry, really? yeah, bearing in mind the Saints game was really tight. It wasn't like a blowout game where they were passing it and they wanted Tyler Spears in. But yeah, every time they passed it, he was in nearly on every single down, especially for third down pass blocking. So um, that is interesting. No, I, mean, I mean, for a start, that's not a great tell, is it? If you know that Spears is going to come on the field, you're going to pass when you've got Tannehill back there. And not the, not the greatest weapons aside from... DeAndre Hopkins, but... Yeah, Hopkins is injured as well for this game, it looks like. Is he? 
Yeah, he hasn't practiced in a week. Real so an ankle injury. Oh, you've slipped away. My my choice is now definitely locked in. I was 50-50, <laughs> but you're going to have to give me the charges, I think. Yeah, I'm the same. It was one of my best bets in the full 10 yards betting podcast last night. Um, yeah, I think the offense still looked good. Run game looked great. Eckler's all injured as well. <laughs> but I think the run game looked great. Uh, pass game looked good at times, but not great other times. So I think that's still there to tune up. Offensive line looked pretty good apart from the right tackle. So I think... Even though they lost to the Dolphins, and it was a pretty crazy game. And obviously, the final final drive was a disaster for Justin Herbert. I think two and a half is not enough. I think if it was three and a half, I might go Vrabel keeps it close and they, they, they lose by a field goal. But I think two and a half, I just think the Chargers can come in and win that win that game. Um, wouldn't be good for me, by the way. if they're, I picked the Titans to win the division. Uh, so, they'd be 0-2. I could have the Falcons at 1-1, one one, which I don't hate. I could have the Bills at 0-2. I could have the Chiefs at 0-2. But I could have the Ravens at two and zero, so there's swings and roundabouts. But uh, yeah, I kind of need the Titans to win this game. But I'm going to pick the Chargers. Um, On to the late slate, then we'll leave the best game for last, even though the quarterback position has made it not as good of a game. Um, Giants at Cardinals. This was set, this line was seven and a half two months ago. Uh, after the Giants had one of the worst performances ever, the line is Giants minus four and a half. I will pick, come out straight away and pick the Giants. I think the Cowboys are that good. I spoke about it in our preview pod. I think they're one of the best teams. Had them going to the Super Bowl um, from the NFC. So I think everything went wrong for the Giants. It could go wrong. I do think that Daniel Jones contract is terrible still. But I think against the Cardinals, whoever is the quarterback, Josh Johnson, I can't remember who it is now, but someone terrible. Dobbs, Dobbs that's it, yeah. Um I think the Giants' defense should be better than it was against the Cowboys. Um, but more importantly, I think the Giants' offense just will be so embarrassed from that week one performance that Dave will have them well drilled for this one. So, yeah, I'm picking the Giants. Minus four and a half, fans seem to win by double digits. Yeah, I'm picking the Giants as well. And uh, in, in pre-season, we kind of flirted with Arizona definitely kind of going to be up there for the number one pick and I think you asked me because I said something do, do I ask them if they're going to go um, they're not going to get a win this season well right they got the Giants this week then following that they got the Cowboys 49ers Bengals Rams who look much better than they thought then you get the Seahawks Ravens Browns and then man there ain't many wins on this schedule because last <laughs> week they were not good and Washington as a reflection of that uh, very, very disappointing. But man, I can't see many wins at all for this for this team. Uh, they are going to be one to flash over on red zone and in this <laughs> podcast every single week. There's not one interesting thing about them. I'm sorry to say, but uh, you're going to have to give me the Giants in this. If you can't cover the spread against uh, the Cards this season, then you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, well, at least next season when they have Caleb Williams, we'll be talking about them probably non-stop. So. Oh, we'll be back when Caleb Williams is there, yeah, for sure. We'll be picking them to win the division. With Caleb <laughs> so, um, yeah, one year of ignoring them. Plus, I felt last year all I did was slate Kiff, Cliff Kingsbury. So, it's probably nice uh, to not have to talk about them much this year. Um, next game then, Commanders at the Broncos. Um, this, this is a strange spread as well. Broncos are favoured at home by three and a half points. Obviously, they lost last week. I know the commanders did not look as great, maybe, as some people thought in week one on offense. Uh, defense did okay, but the Cardinals actually did score some points. But um, defense did pretty good. Uh, Broncos lose that game to the Raiders pretty tightly. Ro- um, not Rogers. <laughs> Wilson had two really good drives to start the game and then really faded down the stretch, to be honest. Um, but, mate, I was completely shocked this was three and a half. I think that's very, very generous spread to the Broncos there because the Cow- commander's defense is good. Like, Russell Wilson against this defense could be a bit of a disaster, to be honest. That's a Sean Payton early season spread, isn't it? Even though <laughs> you know, I had to laugh, though, last week I, because I remember in our uh, preview pod for the West, we were saying, can the, Bengal, uh, can the Broncos ever score more than 16? And lo and behold, last week, bang on, 16 points. <laughs> they can't do it, mate. They can't do it. Uh, they just cannot do it so can can Washington get above 11 is the big question but <laughs> surely uh, yeah there was a lot I, I didn't realise this until because um, it's not a game that I went back and avidly watched I've got to say the Broncos Raiders last week but they spread it around it was ridiculous they got 
11, I think it was 10, 11 uh, players were targeted in the passing game and 10 caught pass. Just don't think that the Broncos have got that level of talent, to be honest with you, to be spreading the ball around ridiculous like that. And, and to end up with some RJP Ryan as your top receiver at 437. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a big spread like that. But do you know what? Sean Payton, first down game, I think he's going to get over 16 points. Uh, and I'm going to pick Denver just because I was so disappointed in Washington last week against uh, the Cardinals because it looked at one point that, that Arizona could even win that game. So Sam Howell looked OK, though, by the way, before we uh, go any further on that. So he, he did look OK last week, but overall... Apart from, apart from when he got absolutely drilled on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. That was a crazy. Uh, that was a crazy hit on the sideline. I think Jacoby Brissett got injured immediately as well when he came in to replace him for one snap. But um, yeah, we got a difference. Third difference of the week. I'm going for Commandos. Commandos. Commanders plus three point five. Um, I think three and a half is generous for the Broncos. But like whoever wins this game is winning by a safety or a field goal. So I'll take the uh, Commanders plus three and a half there. I think. Um, obviously, Eric Bieniemy's played this defense a lot, so. Hopefully, from an offensive perspective, uh, he'll be able to call a game that takes advantage of them as much as possible. But, yeah, that defensive line, I think, just causes Russ and the offensive line a lot of problems. But, you know, we'll see. Sean Payton's a great coach, so we'll see what he schemes up. But I think I'll go with Commanders, but they do need to play much better than they did last week. Um, next game, then, I picked this game as the best bet for me in last night's 410 Yards betting show. So 49ers at the Rams. 49ers are favoured on the road by seven and a half points. Um, offense looked great in the first half against the Steelers. Second half kind of slowed down a bit. The defense looked immense throughout the whole game against the Steelers and Matt Canada. Um, obviously, the Rams' defense looked pretty good at times. Um, Aaron Donald was crazy good. Uh, but Matt Stafford had one of the best week one performances from any quarterback. So I think this game's setting up nicer than maybe we all thought two weeks ago. Um, what are your th- thoughts on it? Who are you picking and uh, what's the keys to the game? One thing I will say is, before we get to the keys to the game, is this game needs to be good because now Rogers is injured. This evening slate is an abomination. <laughs> so this game needs two to Atwell and Puka to go off again for one twenty each for it even to be interesting. But you know, <laughs> you know that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I fessed up on the the podcast uh, the other day, the, the the review podcast from week one. I did not expect that at all from the Rams. I thought they were going to be absolutely terrible. And you, to be fair, did say that the offense could be quite good. So, and I was just like, no, you can actually <laughs> getting anything out of two to that well. But then you go for six for one nineteen, get Puka going ten for one nineteen. Higby looked okay. The run, Kyron Williams, I thought was. You know, a bit of a bell cow. Cam Akers, 22 carries, 29 yards. You need to kind of get more, more efficiency out of that. That is just absolutely ridiculous. I know they were running them a lot towards the end of the game just to kind of kill the game off. But, you know, you need to get better than that. Obviously, we spoke, we've spoken heavily about the Niners. I just need to make a decision now whether I think the Rams can keep it close enough to cover. I'd expect 49ers to win. I'd absolutely love the Rams to knock off the Niners, to be honest with you. But um, do you know what? I'm going to go Rams on 7.5. I've also gone with Rams. That's my best bet of the week. I'm a Stafford stan again. I'm a believer. Super Bowl champion, let's not forget. Super Bowl champ. There we go. First guy to throw a no-look pass, as everyone always reminds me. Um, the only thing I was going to mention was Sean McVay is only is one one and nine, no one and eight in his last nine games against against Carl Shanahan, uh, which is not great. But the one was the NFC title game that sent them to the playoffs. So let's channel some of that energy. Let's char- channel some of that energy and get Puka Nakua and Tyler Higby a hundred yards each um, because Tutu Atwell looks like he's injured. So there we go. Um, we're both going to pick the Rams and we might be regretting that when Stafford's been strip-sacked, fumbled three times in the first half, but we'll see. Uh, last game of this window then, the game that was supposed to be the best game of the day, probably. Definitely the best game in the late window. Jets at Cowboys. The spread was two when Aaron Rodgers was there, I believe. No, sorry, 3.5. Um, it is now Cowboys minus 8.5. <laughs> 
So a bit of a down downgrade to Zach Wilson. Obviously, Robert Sala has named him the starter. We'll see how long that goes. Um, I do think there was no way they were going to make a change so early in the season, uh, especially coming off a win. So I think it doesn't make sense. I really like Zach Wilson in the draft process. He's been awful in the NFL. Uh, was not good last week either. So I've probably count that one down as a bust for me. But I, I hope he can play a good game. But um, I don't think he could ask for probably a worse game, mate, than the Cowboys with how good that defense was last week. Yeah, that is uh, unfortunate scheduling now, isn't it? For, for What did you say the spread was, sorry? Eight and a half points for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's big, that, isn't it? Jets' defense is great, to be honest. It's maybe just a little notch below the Cowboys, which looked absolutely insane last week. But, um, yeah, what a shame that the game has kind of gone this way. I, I I don't see Zach Wilson being able to keep this game close, to be honest. The football is a, such a long game to keep it close for all four quarters. You're going to have to give me Dallas, mate, in this. I, I, I really hope that uh, I'm wrong and this can make a game out of this slate because it's it's, it's looking pretty weak. But, uh, yeah, let's go Jets. But picking Cowboys. Yeah, you want you want the Jets to win. <laughs> so it's a good it's it's a good hedge. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. I just think that defense is perfect for Zach Wilson. And the other part of the team that's bad is the offensive line. So uh, they they didn't look good. They didn't look good last week. Rogers was under pressure in three of his four dropbacks. They obviously that he had on his first four snaps. So um, yeah, I'll go Cowboys as well. However, I do think for this for them to cover the spread. Uh, I think the Cowboys' offense has to be a little bit better than it was. Because, yeah, could the defense score 21 points and have a crazy day? Definitely, but you can't bank on that. And I think the offense looks pretty poor at times because they didn't need to do much last week. So I would like to see Dak play a little bit better this week. Uh, on to Sunday Night Football then. Dolphins at the Patriots. Ooh, Dolph- right, Dolphins are favored on the road by two and a half points in Foxborough. So they are favored. Um both these quarterbacks actually were pretty good. They're in top five, I think, in fantasy points. Top five in uh, efficiency last week as well. Obviously, one had a lot more yards than the other one. Um, Dolphins' defense gave up loads of yards on the ground, which obviously we know the Patriots love to to stop. And the, this Patriots' defense is very good at stopping the pass, which the Dolphins did a lot. So it feels like these two teams are like polar opposite, mate. Um, pretty perfect matchup, to be honest. Uh, and I think both head coaches will be kind of licking their lips to try and get one over over on the other one because um, they're very good at scheming up their sides of the ball and they're going to be going quite hard at each other, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing for me is I would, I do definitely think that the Dolphins have much more talent than, than New England, but the, the, Miami's run game is so poor. And with the Pats... Past defense being so good, at, well, you'd expect a natural regression in kind of the stat lines of um, of the Dolphins. Don't know, man. Yeah, it's a great game. It's kind of like iron on iron, isn't it? You know, as they say. So, um, Cam Mac Jones kind of. I, I just don't know whether the Eagles' defense might be much much worse than advertised that Mac Jones threw for kind of all of those yards without kind of improving his weapons. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I just don't know whether he's going to go back to kind of old Mac or he's he's kind of stepped up half a level and so are the rest of the offence. But I think you're going to have to give me Miami for the talent level. But I'd anticipate this being a really, really good close game. Yeah, I'm also going with Miami. Um, I want the Patriots to win this game. So I'm going to... Uh... Hedge my bets with that one, but I feel like it'll be closer than people think. I feel like Bill Belichick's very good at scheming up um, defenses. Is what he's best at doing. Kind of one-off game plans. He's he's famous for it, um, and he's got pretty talented defense as well. And I think the Dolphins looked pretty bad up front, so I do think they'll get run on. But I think for two and a half points, them to win by a field goal, I think yeah, somewhere in that two points to seven points is where the game will fall. So. I'm going to go Dolphins minus two and a half. Um, fun fact as well, Tua is 4-0 against the Patriots and Bill Belichick in his career. So will that be 5-0 or 1-4? We'll, we'll find out. I don't think I'll be staying up for this game. I think this will be a Monday morning watch, to be honest. But um should still be a good game. This is your favourite division, so you'll be you'll be loving life. This is like your favourite fixture as well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great match with this. Um, Monday night then, for some reason. 
we have two games and they are on at the same time an hour apart and i know for some people who stay up don't stay up it doesn't really matter but in america i don't see why they do it that is stupid to me and for anyone that wants to stay up and watch one of the games i just can't believe they haven't put one on earlier but um yeah the game that starts first is saints at panthers a battle of the nfc south saints are favored on the road by three and a half mate three and a half points so people are obviously liking that performance i think the panthers are probably worse than everyone thought last week um, Derek Carr looked okay at times, but they had a few turnovers, a couple of sacks. That I think maybe that's because the Titans' front is so good, um, rather than the Saints' offense line being that bad. So maybe that'll regress back to the mean a little bit this week. Um, but yeah, it feels like an important game for the Panthers because could be another loss season if you come out and lose this game by 20. Um, I, I, they probably want to give their starting quarterback a little bit of confidence for the rest of the season, but. I am going to go for the Saints minus three and a half. I think the Panthers looked so bad last week. I really wanted to pick them this week. but And if it was three, maybe I would have. But for three and a half, sorry. Yeah, if it was three, I definitely would pick the Saints. But three and a half, I was in an R-ring to pick the Panthers. But as I've sat here thinking about it, looking ahead to this game, I thought, you know what? They look so bad. And I think Derek Carr left some meat on the bone with some deep passes last week that he'll hit this week. And yeah, I fancy the Saints to win by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, feel like I've got to go the Saints. I feel like the way I think it's so funny watching um, Carr in the Saints uniform last week because it just looked exactly the same as what mm-hmm. he did when he was playing for the Raiders. Like nothing seemed to be different apart from he he had Olave going off for over a hundred yards. Do you know what I mean? But uh, Michael Thomas also. Popped up for five for 61, didn't he? He looked uh, good at times. So I just think there's too much talent there. Running game needs to get better. Jamal Williams, for me, is a great number two back. But uh, maybe when Kamara comes back, that'll look look much better. But, uh, yeah, kind of give me the Saints. Uh, I feel feel a little bit for Bryce Young, to be honest, being being thrown into kind of that team as a doesn't have a lot of talent. And also has a lot of big-bodied receivers, and I don't feel like any of them can really win at the line of scrimmage and get any kind of easy pitch and catch for Bryce Young. So, yeah, he feels like he is in the worst situation, to be honest, with the rookie QBs. So, feel for him there. Got to go Saints in this. Plus three, minus three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think we all thought the Panthers' offensive line would be good, and we've seen four games of it now, and it looks bad. And I think because the weapons are so bad, it just sets up for a bit of a disaster, unfortunately, for Bryce. A little bit different, actually, to um, the other offense, the other um, rookie QBs as well, because their offensive lines or their offenses looked quite good in week one, but the Panthers uh, definitely didn't. Um, Now, two offenses didn't look good is the Monday night marquee matchup from the AFC North, the Browns at the Steelers. Um, Browns are favoured. At Heinz Field, a.k.a. Accusure Park, or whatever it's called now. Um, Browns are favoured by two and a half points. So not quite the full field goal, but that is quite <laughs> I know, that is quite rare for uh, the Browns to be favoured um, in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, tough game. Obviously, it's a low total. Browns offence scored some points last week, but didn't look great. And obviously, Nick Chubb was a lot of that. And I think the Steelers will be better at stopping the run than, than what the Bengals were. Uh, Steelers offense looked like an absolute disaster and they played a, probably a top five defense maybe top three but I'd still worry that the Browns defense looked quite good <laughs> against the Bengals so could they do that against the Steelers potentially but yeah this feels like a typical AFC North kind of slobber knocker low scoring game mate to me I think yeah, I hope you don't like offense outside of <laughs> outside of Nick Chubb because like we said the other day uh, Watson still doesn't look anything kind of like his um, prime Texan self. Um, it's not one I'm going to be racing to kind of stay up to watch, I'll be honest with you. Um, that I hate that line. Uh, I really don't know what to do, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I would say might have been chucking it down and Joe Burrow's hands weren't big enough to grasp the ball. But I did think that the uh, the defence for the Browns looked um, looked outstanding. So... Give me Cleveland, I think. Oh. Give me Cleveland. I did. I did in advance write that you were going to say Cleveland, so I did think that was going to happen. Um, I'm going to go with my trend of picking against Deshaun Watson. I'm going to go Steelers plus two and a half. I think maybe it could be a Steelers special team slash defense scoring ten points or 
maybe scoring seven points and setting them up for two short fields. Um, TJ Watt looked great last week. I know Cam Hayward might be out injured, but Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt looked really, really good. And I do feel like they can cause cause issues for the Browns. Um, Jack Conklin, is it? The uh, right tackle for the Browns is out for the season. Um, TJ Watt will just stand over their backup right tackle the whole game and just rush him. You just know that's going to happen. Uh, and I just think the first half, the offense looks so bad for the Browns. And like you said, Nick Chubb is the offense. So if the Steelers have got anything about them and they slow that down as well as they can, then they could have enough with a few field goals and one crazy pickings play to uh, to win the game. But I think it'll be low scoring. Give me Steelers plus two and a half, I think. Um, the points total, by the way, is 38.5 in this game. Would you go under or over? Under. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. Uh, I'd lean under as well. Um, but that's it for our week two preview. Um, we have five differences for the week, but one was the game last night. So Patrick's already won it up with his pick of the Vikings. Um, I've picked the Texans minus one and a half. You've picked the Colts plus one and a half. I picked the Bears plus two and a half. Ouch. You picked the Bucks minus two and a half. I picked the Commanders plus three and a half. You picked the Broncos minus three and a half. And then finally, I've gone with the Yinzers from Pittsburgh plus 2.5. And you've gone with the Brownies minus 2.5. The Elves as Jamar Chase calls them. Um, I feel like there could be some regrets there uh, when I'm watching these games on Sunday, mate, but uh, we'll see. I think the early slate will be fun, and then we just need a random game in the late slate to go off so we can have some enjoyment before yeah, Sunday you, night football. You need, well, I, I think you need um, the Rams to come out early against the Niners and show that that's going to be a full game, to be honest. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Um, cool. And that's it for our week two preview. So go follow us at gopher2pod. Two being the number two, go follow Patrick at Mugs NFL to order all your NFL-related gear. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about all the action from week two. Hopefully, I say hopefully our teams win, but your team's already won. So hopefully my team wins, and then we can have a fun episode next week. We'll see. Um, thanks again for listening, everyone. Enjoy the weekend's games, and we will speak to you soon. 